Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, money, women, and being a fucking man without making any apologies for it. I'm your host, John Anthony. And I'm Mark Singh. And today we're going to be talking about the five stages of confidence. Um, So this is actually based off of my friend Mark's uh, website, alphasymposium.com. He wrote an article on this and we thought that we'd kind of dive into it. Um, Because, you know, as you go down your self-improvement journey, whether it's with finances, with uh, women, with, uh, you know, health and fitness or with personal growth, like in confidence or things like that, you'll find that there's generally a lot of patterns that seem to kind of add up, right? So that's why um, Miyamoto Musashi said, by learning one thing, you learn 1000 things. It's because by learning, you learn how to learn and you learn that there's this sort of overarching structure of what it is that you're doing. So uh, these five stages of confidence are different stages that you'll go through in your life as you progress as a person. And some people don't ever get past the first stage, unfortunately, but hopefully most of us can can get pretty far in this, in this uh, structure. So the first one is basically making the change from forced confidence to natural confidence. And um, you know, when I, when I talk about uh, forced confidence, the first image that comes to mind is kind of like a try-hard, like drug dealer thug who's just like, "What? Like, come at me, bro!" Like, like that kind of thing. Um, you know, because that's basically fake confidence. It's like people that just preen and posture and and they, you know, act really tough and talk really loud because they're trying to prove something. And uh, you know, if uh, there's a great quote from uh, Game of Thrones that comes to mind actually, where Tyrion Lannister was uh, talking about Joffrey. Jeffrey, whatever the fuck that little faggot's name was. And <laughs> I fucking hate that kid. <laughs> and um, he basically said, if you have to say that you're the king, you're not the king. Mm. And uh, that's the same with confidence, right? If you have to shout and, and you know, preen posture and talk about how you're the man, you're the shit, you're not, you're not confident. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, when you are shouting, check me out, I'm confident, look at me, you're really, you're really depending on the reaction of others. So as we've spoken about previously, when you get to a point of, of true masculinity, true confidence, true self-esteem, you don't care what other people think. But when you initially get confidence, you kind of want to show it to the world. And you'll see this a lot at the gym where guys are just walking around posturing and you'll see it in the nightclubs where people will be like sticking out their chest too much and you know trying to be like the alpha wolf kicking everybody's ass. But you'll, you'll notice that that state is dependent on the reaction of others. They're trying to intimidate others to almost imp- to prove to themselves and to prove to other people that they are confident. But when you, when you reach true confidence, you don't give a shit what other people think. You're not what we call out, outcome dependent. So you get kind of a relaxed, a relaxed version of yourself, whereas before you're kind of posturing and you're trying to shove it into everybody's face. And eventually you evolve into hey, I don't really care what you think. I'm completely relaxed in my body. I'm completely at ease. I'm not protecting myself by like posturing up. In fact, I'm exposed. Like my my wrists are exposed. My neck is exposed. I have very open, relaxed body language. And you'll find that the guys who pull the most girls in the nightclubs and the bars and even in day game, it, it's almost like It's almost like the same body language that you probably have right now listening to this podcast. You're probably just chilling on your couch or maybe you're driving your car and you have really at ease body language and that's reflective of 
your confidence. That's reflective of vulnerability. And when you get to a point from forced confidence to what we call natural confidence, you're going to find you just you just have this relaxed state about you. And when it comes to women, they can really pick up on that. It can, yeah. I mean, um, you know, men and women are di- different in many ways. And one of the ways that women are different than men is that they're far more attuned to different social cues and uh, character cues that that they give off, that men give off, and other women give off, right? So, um, you know, the old pickup analogy is that male attraction is like a, a switch, right? You just turn it on and you turn it off. Female attraction is like a volume knob, so you have to turn it up, and there's a lot of different varying degrees of, you know, a uh, female being attracted to you. And um, the reason for this is because men are primarily turned on by visual cues, right? It's like, oh, that girl has a hot body, or she's really beautiful, or whatever it is, right? It's it's a visual cue. And women obviously do that, you know, they, they're attracted to men that have a certain body, etc. But primarily, what women are attracted to is character cues, or, uh, you know, personality cues. And that's so, you know, that's why... Um, you know, one second she might be into you and then a minute later she might be disgusted by you. It's because, you know, she's watching your behavior and if you're exhibiting those signs of confidence, then she's going to become more attracted because that's a characteristic of your personality that is shining through your body language and your actions. Yeah, that's interesting. And and also in this in this vein of forced confidence to natural confidence, another another way you can test to see you know, kind of where you are in the spectrum is when the voices in your head, that is to say the way you speak to yourself, when that has more bearing over how you feel than any of the outside voices of what everybody is telling you, then you know that's that's real confidence, that's natural confidence because it comes from within you. And a lot of people will say, well, how do I get that? How do I even start getting confidence to begin with? What I always tell my students is to start with how you talk to yourself. First of all, you should any negative voices that you have, throw that shit out. Like stop it immediately. I'm an idiot. Oh, I suck at this. Oh, oh, my stomach is a little bit fat. Like stop that completely. Now, you can always try to improve yourself and it's it's important to always try to improve yourself, but as far as how you speak to yourself, it should be all positive. I'm talking 100%. Any negative shit whatsoever, throw it out. Now again, you can be cognizant of the fact that you need to like, you know, get a better body, you need to get better with women, but you don't have to sit there insulting yourself about it. You don't have to sit there feeling bad about yourself about it. And it's really about internal dialogue. So all the time, I mean, I've got to the point where it's almost subconscious where like, I'm a champion, I'm a girl magnet, I'm a money magnet. Oh, I got this. You got this, man. One more set. You can do this. And it's always, it's always positive. And after after you've kind of faked it until you made it, as it were, you're going to start doing that subconsciously to where this forced confidence of you having to tell yourself, I'm a champion, you're actually going to like, it's going to become part of your being and your subconscious meta program where you actually believe you are a champion. If someone, if a girl said, dude, you're a loser, that would so not enter my reality whatsoever. It would be laughable. Like, and the girls will do that. They'll be like, dude, you're this or that. And I'll just get this smirk on my face and just kind of chuckle at them. And I'm so strong in that reality. I believe so wholeheartedly that I'm a good person, that I have a lot of value to offer and that I'm a champion that no matter what anybody says, it doesn't matter to me because the internal voices, my meta programs are significantly stronger than anything anybody can say um, outside of me. 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to too is um you know, real solid unshakable confidence doesn't come from outside of you. It comes from within you. Right. Because, you know, there's a, there's so many people out there that they uh you know, if you think of like a trust fund baby, right? Like a, a spoiled just spoiled rich kid who's never had to work for anything in his life. He probably seems pretty confident, right? But it's all situational, right? Like there's a lot of people out there that they're only confident because external factors like their the amount of money in their bank account or the life that has been given to them from their parents or from people before them or or whatever, you know, lucky things that have happened to them. A lot of people are only confident because of these external things. And what's going to happen to a lot of these people is when the rug is ripped out from underneath them, things will get really, really ugly really fast because that's when they realize they're not in control and, you know, their whole reality just crumbles out from underneath them. Whereas, you know, like if I lost all of my money right now, if I if I suddenly just, you know, lost all the muscle and strength that I've put on over the past 10 years, uh, if I, you know, if I lost everything, obviously I'd be upset. But deep down, I would know that I could still get it again because I've done it before. And I think that that's one of the key things, uh, you know, when it comes to building confidence is literally just accomplishing your goals. Because when you set up a goal and you, you know, make a plan and you take action and you achieve it, you train yourself to understand and, and believe, but it's not even a belief. Like it's just the truth. You train yourself to believe that, you know, that's who you are. Like you can do it. Like you're the fucking man. And the more that you do this, the more that this belief becomes internalized. So, you know, there's a lot of tricks and gimmicks that you can use to kind of get immediate boosts in confidence, right? So like the typical one is like stand up straight, right? Stand up straight with your shoulders back, mm-hmm. breathe deeply or, you know, like uh, things like that, right? And th- that does work, of course. But if you want to make a real underlying fundamental change, you need to go deeper. You know, you need to really ask yourself, okay, like how am I living the life that I want, right? Like, or maybe you're not, right? So in, in which case you you should ask, uh, what kind of life am I living? And is this the life that I want? Like, where do I want to be, right? Real confidence comes from living with integrity, being okay with who you are, uh, you know, having shit thrown at you and not being bothered by it because you know you're okay with who you are, right? Real confidence and uh, real fulfillment comes from accomplishing your goals through discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a saying, what is it? Confidence comes through competence. Yeah. So a lot of the times, there's another saying that says, you don't get the courage before you do something. Like let's say you're going to jump off a bridge. You don't get you don't get the courage before you do it. You actually get the courage after because you accomplish the goal and then you're like, okay, now I have the courage to go ahead and jump off that bridge anytime I want to. Well, confidence can oftentimes work the same way. Where with women especially, right? A lot of guys aren't confident to speaking to women. Well, you get that confidence through making yourself speak to women. Now, initially, you may get rejected, but that's okay. I mean, that's all part of the process. We're going to do a web, you know, a podcast on how to deal with rejection and some of the mentality surrounding that in the future. But when you initially start speaking to people and you have a couple good interactions and you're like, hey, you know. Like I can actually speak to this person and kind of get them to laugh and then you build off of that and that's how you build confidence is again through competence and you you don't get the confidence first. You actually get it after you accomplish the goal. So getting out there and starting to do things is really important step as well to building the confidence. Yeah, this uh, this reminds me of an article that I wrote on the three different types of confidence that people often mix up and uh, so basically there's core confidence, there's Uh, confidence and then there's self-esteem 
And so people mix these things up all the time, right? But in self-development, it, it really matters to know what these things are because you're dealing with them on a day-by-day basis. So core confidence is what comes when you've accomplished a large number of goals and you start to internalize the belief that fundamentally you are equipped with the resources you need to do and get what you want in life. That's core confidence. That's what most people think of when they refer to comp- confidence. Uh, and then there's confidence, which is area specific, right? So like you were talking about, Mark, um, you know, it's like if, if someone asked me right now to go go upstairs and like fix, you know, a broken pipe or like do some plumbing thing in my bathroom I wouldn't be confident in that because I've never like I, I don't know how to do that I've never like fixed a pipe or something um but if, if someone asked me hey man can you go and, and bench 200 pounds I'd be like fuck yeah I can like it's just it's like you just I, I've done it like I know I can do it so a lot of the time like you said confidence comes from competence like just just knowing that you can do it right um you know so guys will ask like oh like why am I not confident with women mm. and I'm just like because you've never fucking had any results with women. Like if you if like if you haven't done anything to take action in that regard, you're not going to be confident in that regard. It's like if if you asked me, you know, why am I not confident in my ability to like throw a baseball and you've never thrown a baseball? It's like why like why would you expect to be confident in that if you've never done it? So the solution to building confidence in whatever area you want is actually to just go out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned this in another podcast, but uh, obviously a lot of guys who listen to this want to get better with women. And that happens to be my specialty. And what I suggest is just to speak to everybody, to speak to the, the cashier at the supermarket or the chick at Starbucks or whoever it happens to be. When you get talkative and again, when you realize like, hey, you know what? I actually can have a good personality. I can crack people up. Then when that hot girl walks around the corner, not only are you warmed up, but you have belief in yourself that you can actually do it. So it, it's all about baby steps. You know, you don't want to just just wait and study. A lot of guys will just get all this material and just study in their house and just lock themselves in their room, and then they're gonna go out one night and they're gonna go talk to girls. That that like stacks all the chips against you because, like John said, it's like going to try to fix that damn that damn sink when you've never done it before, but you read a hundred books on how to do it. It doesn't make you able to do it just because you studied how to do it. You got to actually get out there and do it. And again, you can do this very safely with baby steps and just speaking to people where it's societally acceptable for you to do so. Someone who's paid to help you, someone you're supposed to speak to. Now, a lot of times. It, it takes this – you got to like get yourself out of this funk to become talkative. Like me, I'm a very introverted person. I don't like to socialize with people but I make myself do it. And once I get that momentum building, then it's fun and I start to get high off of it. But initially, there's a lot of like – lot of internal resistance to me speaking to people and I just make myself like when I go into the bars, I just open the first set I see and the next one and the next one and the next one and you start to get you know this momentum. You start to get in the flow and then shit just starts coming out of your mouth that's hilarious and you just start cracking people up and you get into this this flow state and when you've experienced that flow state enough times, I mean it builds immense confidence, absolute immense confidence but again, you got to jump off that bridge you got to get yourself out the door and just start speaking to people because that's specifically in the realm of confidence to speak to women. And while we're on the topic, just want to plug my my book real, qu- real quick. It's called uh, 
gettheapproachformula.com. It teaches you the step-by-step method to approach a woman, engage her in conversation, and walk away with their phone number. And look, I was just stuttering. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes too. So it just goes to show that anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. I'm naturally introverted. I'm not a good public speaker. But because I've forced myself to do this, because I've forced myself to get better, now I can just go up to a girl and grab her phone number anytime I want to. And if you want to have that same ability too, again, I strongly suggest you take baby steps. Go ahead and grab my program. It's it's originally 32 bucks, but I'm selling it for 10 bucks to people who listen to this podcast. Again, it's gettheapproachformula.com. You can also click the link below. And that's going to show you how to get to that point where you can speak to a woman with utmost confidence because I'll tell you what, that first conversation is the most important part of the entire seduction process. So uh, that's my little plug on that. But again, I just cannot stress enough how important it is to actually get out there and freaking do it because no matter how many times you tell yourself, I'm a champion, I'm a girl magnet, I get more ass than a toilet seat, Whatever these affirmations are that you're telling yourself, they don't mean anything unless you get into the real world and actually practice because that's where you're going to get the confidence. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so like a lot of people, there's generally like, you know, a few different ways that people go. And one of those ways is people will say like, you know, like the law of attraction types, they'll just be like, oh, like just, you know, just say these things and like, you know, just it's cool, man. Like just, just be yourself and like da da da. And there's something to that. There's something to, I just I say offer affirmations all the time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, meditate, I do all sorts of, uh, subliminal messaging when I sleep and stuff like that. But ultimately you have to take action. And, uh, what's funny is when you take action in conjunction with that stuff, it works so much better. I mean, um, you know, I've, uh, I've said this story a few times, but, uh, you know, I really do think that subliminal messaging works like really fucking well because there's this one, uh, you know, this one track that I listened to and the first time I listened to it within, uh, I think it was like within a week and a half to two weeks of starting to listen to it, I randomly ended up getting a bit like a brunch type thing with my, uh, my friend's stepdad and I convinced him to give me $20,000 to invest. Um, you know, so I really do think there is something to subliminal messages. You know, I feel way better way more confident in my abilities to approach women to attract women to, uh, you know, make more money to just go after what I want in life when I'm saying affirmations and, you know, doing these different things that I talk about in uh, my, my, uh, mindset mastery ebook. Um, so I think that also before we forget to, we should probably move on to the second step, which is, uh, letting go of the ego. And uh, I'll let you kind of talk about that Mark, cause this is kind of your specialty on your website. Absolutely. So real quick, John, was that on YouTube, that subliminal thing? And if so, do you remember what it was called? Yeah, I do. Um, Because I would like $20,000. It's, yeah, it's by uh, Paul Santisi. Okay. Uh, It's it's, uh, like an eight hour money subliminal type fucking thing. But I just listen to it when I sleep. And it works pretty fucking well as far as I can tell. So Is it just repeating like eight hours? Like you will get $20,000. You will get $20,000. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, – it's actually like a million different affirmations like about like like I don't know. Like uh, you know, money loves me. Like I, I make all kinds of money like whatever yeah. the fuck. But uh, I highly recommend it. His name – I think his name is Paul Santisi. Yeah, yeah. I'll have, you, you I'll have you send that to me after the podcast. I want to Definitely. try that. But it, but it goes to show, you know, um, the way you think and the mindset, uh, and particularly around money and women, your mindset is so important. So, you know, start trying to think of yourself as a girl magnet. And and again, it's saying it to yourself will help. 
but the most important thing is getting out there and executing. But start really monitoring your inner thoughts because that's where it all begins. And I'll tell you, it's extremely powerful. I mean, we're going to get into this in the future, but I was at a point where I had so much anxiety, I could hardly go outside. Um, I couldn't speak to people. I would have panic attacks. And, you know, now I'm at the point where obviously, you know, I pull girls, I, I, I can public speak in front of X many thousand people. And it just, it just all is because of the internal work I've done. And I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching, by the way, I'm not going to plug it too much, but you can just click in the link below to check that out uh, where I help you do the same thing because I've been there and I know it works. So uh, moving on to step two, John, it, it is the letting go of ego. That's the second stage. And what this is, is it's really how your confidence and how your life pertains to others. So ego is all about being better than other people, uh, you know, being better looking, being better with girls, having more money and comparing yourself to others. So let me ask you this. This is a kind of a little uh, thought experiment you can do. Imagine talking to somebody and you know when they start like educating you on something you already know a lot about. It's like me meeting John for the first time and I'm like, yeah, you know, um, so when you lift weights, John, what you should do is you should do this, this, and this. And little do I know that this guy's a fitness model and he has an entire program called The Body of an Alpha, uh, which you can find on his website that, that basically talks about all this stuff. Now, if John had a big ego, he would be, oh yeah, I know, dude, I know that. Actually, honestly, bro, like you didn't know, but I, I'm actually a fitness model. And I have a product, so take it easy on the old educating there because I know what I'm doing. But let's see if John could just shut up and let him talk. It's really difficult to do this. And that's a good test to see how much ego you have invested in a conversation. When someone starts trying to educate you on something you know a lot about, can you just shut up and let them talk and pretend that you're just listening to them even though you probably know more than they do? It's a testament to how much ego you have when you have to always be right and like one up people and always be the correct one and show everybody, you know, what you know. And that goes into confidence because, again, when you have true lasting confidence, you don't like compare yourself to other people. You don't have to frame check everybody and, and one up everybody and be the big ego guy above everybody else because you're not dependent on outside opinions of you to dictate how you feel about yourself. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that test too. Um, cause there have been times when, you know, I, uh, like when I get really obsessed over something, I just research it so much. And, uh, one of the things that I've been, uh, you know, encountering lately is, uh, you know, so obviously I'm, I've been investing in cryptocurrencies in the stock market for five years. I have like a million times the annual return that, uh, a Wall Street stock investor has. Mm. Um, I just got out of a trade recently and I made like 50% in I think like a week and a half. Um, you know, so people like that don't know anything about Bitcoin, they'll try to talk to me and be like, oh yeah, Bitcoin, that's the thing that crashed, right? And and I know that they're they're going off of like, you know, their fucking, uh, you know, two article knowledge by CNBC of like some news report they saw. And, you know, it's really tempting for me to, to talk to them and try to educate them. Uh, which is partially ego, but partially probably just like wanting to help them and educate them. But that's a, that's a, you know, a good test because I do feel, my, feel myself wanting to be like, eh, you know, like, yeah, like it did, but I mean, it, it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. And you can still make money when it goes down and you know, it's going to be at 250,000 at least within the next couple years. Like there's so much more to it. 
Um, you know, but that, I really like that test, Mark, because uh, I do feel that sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people feel it sometimes. Oh, and we I think all that's, do. There, there's something that's important to say, too. So, like, with these five stages of uh, self-confidence, like, you – it's not like you're going to, like, make it to, to step number four or whatever and then you're always in that step. Like, you're still going to feel yourself sometimes, like, regress back and not feel mm. very confident. Oh, yeah. It's, it's more just about, like, where are you generally at, like, most of the time, you mm. know? Yeah, so regarding the letting go of ego, and I like that too because, man, I I do it bad. I mean, I am a terrible, you know, example of this because if somebody were to tell me about how how many girls they pull and try to give me some information, <laughs> you know, bro, I I hear it's good if you if you go up and say uh say you know, hey, you look like trouble. Have you ever tried that before? You should try that, bro. You should try that. You know, you know what you should do. I've slept with seven girls. Maybe (laughs) you you should take the hand mark. (laughs) The other day, this guy, this guy I met was telling me how he's he always, um, what is it? Has the girl take his number? And he's like, yeah, just you know, because you gotta have him chase you, bro. That's what you need to. And he was very like, (laughs) like trying to like pat me on the shoulder and tell me how it is. And 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 I I was like, hey, Mark, this is a test. Just shut up and let him talk. But for you guys who are trying to learn how to get girls, should you should you give your number to her and expect her to call you? Fuck no. Fuck no, because a girl wants you to take that role. You're the man. You're they want you to call them first. Girls don't like to text guys first. They just yeah, don't like to do it. She's probably so scatterbrained and and got so much other shit going on because she has a ton of other guys trying to fuck her. She's just not gonna text you. She's not gonna text you. So I was just like, okay, shut up, let him talk. But it's hard. It's one of the hardest things you can do. And like John said, you know, while while we feel like we're much more evolved than we were previously with our confidence, we still, you know, we're not perfect. We still slip back into these things. And I mean. <laughs> today I flipped somebody off while I was driving and like I've tried so hard not to do that. I've tried so hard not to I'm like relax bro, just control it. Don't let them yeah. get into your reality. And like this guy like cut me off and I was like fuck you. And I was like damn it, you know, I failed that test, but that's life, man. You know, you're never going to be perfect. You're going to fail the tests and um as long as you learn from it and as long as you try to get better next time, then then that's that's the real purpose. But uh one thing I wanted to say is with the letting go of ego, uh, arrogance needs to prove itself. So you get an arrogant person. The difference between self-esteem and arrogance is is arrogance is constantly trying to prove itself and try to prove its superiority. Whereas self-esteem has nothing to prove. It's like, eh, whatever. So it comes from within and being better than others is no longer the bench- benchmark with which you measure yourself. I want to say yeah. that again. Being better than others is no longer the benchmark with which you measure yourself. And that's the real the real point of number two, the letting go of ego. Once again, everything inside of you is stronger than anything that's happening outside. Then it's like you've mastered your life, and it's hard to get to. You know, I mean, we're not we're not there yet, but it's a it's a it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong struggle, and as long as you know that in your head, you really make tremendous strides forward. Yeah, um, Miyamoto Musashi had a great quote that I, I used to have it on a mug, but the mug broke when I when I was moving. Um, it says, uh, "Today is victory over your lesser self. Tomorrow is victory over lesser foe." And I just thought that that was very interesting because um, you know you do have to start looking at 
at, at uh, yourself, right? Don't compare yourself to others, right? Because that's just stupid. I mean, there's so many different variables that you can't account for and that's, you know, some people might have started off in a different place than you. Like, look at yourself. Just, like, ask yourself if you're doing better than the yourself of yesterday. Right. Um, and it's, it's funny, as you were saying that, Mark, like, a funny story came to mind randomly. I, I, I was uh, with a couple of friends, like, about a year ago probably, and um, we we're getting a drink and this th- this guy kind of came along with like he brought like a girl he was on a date with or something like a double date type thing. And um, I remember like he did something really fucking dumb and I was just like trying not to not to comment. And, uh, you know, I was like just kind of like sitting there kind of looking at him and he was like, uh, trust me, bro. And he said like some some like, you know, quote unquote, some secret to get good with girls. And he's like and then he finished that off by saying like, trust me, bro, I've slept with 13 girls before. <laughs> And I was just, and I was just like in my head I was I didn't say anything but I was just like dude like I really want to fucking say something I want to like tell you like like no like that's not what you do and 13 is not impressive and if you think that fuck you but you know I just didn't say anything yeah. but um yeah it's like that that kind of that kind of thing where it's like you feel like you need to be the expert like you just got to let that go mm-hmm. you know and funny enough too like people uh that that are evolved enough like They'll, I, I, I guarantee you, some of the girls when they heard him say that were probably looking at my face when I was looking at him, and they knew like, okay, John knows what's up. Like, yeah. You can, you can see. Like, I know if I was, you know, out with you, Mark, and some guy tried to, to do that shit to you. Yeah. I would, I like, you know, I'd see your face and I'd just be like, haha, like, yeah, this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mark is like the real fucking deal. So that's another thing too is as you become more evolved and let go of your ego, mm-hmm. uh, other people will notice that you've let go of your ego because they've done the same. Notice when somebody's really good at something, they never talk about it. Mm-hmm. They hardly ever talk about it, and they have nothing to prove. Like some of the best people out there, it's like you don't even know that they're that good because they're so good at it. They're so confident within themselves, they don't even need to talk about it at all. They have nothing to prove. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so should we bust out to number three now? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. So number three is complete acceptance of who you are. Now this one, particularly for me, I'm still struggling with this. I'm going to be 100% honest, 100% genuine. Um, There's certain things about myself that I have not been able to accept, particularly about my looks. And I think that's the hardest thing for most guys. So um, I used to have the problem, and actually in this article I'm reading it, where I had belly fat. And I would suck in my belly fat because I didn't want girls to see it. And um, since taking John's course, Body of an Alpha, fortunately, that's no longer an issue. So, But now I'm a little bit still insecure about my nose because I kind of have a Roman nose where there's like a ridge on the top. And sometimes I won't want girls to see my profile. Now, everybody has something like this. Like you'll look at guys at the club who are a little bit overweight and you'll see them like pulling at their shirt or you'll see people trying to... Uh, deflect a certain quality about themselves that you know they're insecure about but they're trying not to let women see it now women are extremely perceptive and they pick up on this because all these little subtle insecure mannerisms are reflected in your body language in such subtle ways that i can't even explain it to you right now over this podcast it's women are programmed to even just the way your eyes move to the way your hands move to these subtle super subtle things they're unconsciously programmed to be able to pick up on how confident you are and how insecure you are just based on your mannerisms. So we all have things about us that we don't like, except for John Anthony. He completely 100% accepts himself how he is. But for the rest (laughs) of us mortal human beings, we have stuff about ourselves that we don't like. So 
the thing to do is when you've reached a certain level of confidence, you have to have uncompromising acceptance of it. Now, again, you can try to get better like I did. I had the belly fat and I had the weak man's diet. I was being a pussy. So I, I controlled my diet. I got discipline in my life and I got ripped. And now I'm happy to report that I have a four and a half pack. So, but when you have certain things about yourself that you cannot change, a receding hairline, like me, a big nose, maybe you have like a, um, you don't have a good jawline or you have like a, a turkey goblet underneath your chin or whatever. You have skinny wrists like I do. I have really skinny wrists because I have an ectomorph body. When you accept those things, 100% acceptance, it becomes a non-issue to women. They don't even fucking notice it. And in fact, what's really interesting is if you're kind of not good looking, you don't really have a lot of good things going for you, but you have this confidence about you and you've completely accepted yourself how you are, that's actually more attractive than a really good looking guy who has all these great things about him and he's the same level of confidence. So when you can have extreme confidence despite any of the flaws that you might have about your body, your looks, or even your personality, that is extremely, extremely attractive to women because what does it communicate? It communicates that this guy is succeeding in life. This guy is confident enough to be himself despite all this whole list of things that he should be, again, in quotes, should be insecure about, but he's not. So what does this guy have? Women will get immediately attracted to you and that's why by the way you'll oftentimes see really hot girls making out with like super fucking ugly dudes like short fat bald dude who's just pulling <laughs> this solid nine because bro he's completely accepting himself for who he is uh dude yeah. you know what you know what i'm fat and bald fuck it dude i'm a champion i accept it and then he goes up he's like he's like hey you know uh who are you and and he just has this like these mannerisms about his eyes and and everything about him and the girl is just boom immediately attracted to him because again it's uncompromising acceptance of who you are yeah and that kind of ties along with uh just like ego death you know um so like here's a here's a, a fun exercise i like to try when i'm out sometimes is uh whatever you're feeling in in fields to use nerd pua talk like whatever you're feeling when you're out at a club or whatever mm. uh try to fully embody it right so if you're like nervous or like a little bit socially anxious not really warmed up yet don't have any social momentum just fully embody it um and you know what's funny is like when you do this and you just try to fully accept what you're feeling and not resist it you'll actually find that like a lot of really crazy shit happens and like the women around you pick up on it um and so I remember one time I was at this party with a few friends and I was just not in a good mood for whatever reason. I can't remember what it was, but I was just not having it. Like the girls we went with, I just didn't like them that much. And uh, so I was just kind of like sitting there like very bored and like not amused. And I swear to God, this this girl, this beautiful – I think she was like uh, Korean, Vietnamese. Like this beautiful Asian girl came up to me out of nowhere and she was just like, do you, do you want to get married? And I actually thought she was asking like if if I plan on getting married in the future. Mm. So I was like, nah, I don't want to get fucking married. Like that's stupid. It's a horrible deal for men. And she was like, oh, because I want to marry you. <laughs> and then and like no bullshit. And I was just like like at the time, I mean, it, it, that kind of thing had happened to me before because I just know that like when you're really confident and just like even if you're not in a good mood, if you're just confident in the mood that you're in, girls will notice. And uh, you know, it's kind of weird, but like that kind of thing happens like it happens a lot when you just fully embody even like a negative emotion like people don't understand that uh it's better to be genuine and depressed than 
fake and confident, mm. like in, in terms of mm-hmm. attracting women. Like, um, there, uh, I had this, this friend who, uh, who was really fucking depressed and had like a bunch of mood issues and he would always pull girls by just being this like really sad motherfucker. So he'd just like be in the club and he'd be like, Hey, just like, just like, <laughs> like he's like on the verge of killing himself. And some girl will be like, Oh my God. Hey, like, are you okay? And he's like, I just hate this place so much. I just want to get out of here. And then just like, oh my God, no. And just like, they, they just get glued, like sucked into his reality, you know? Cause it's like, again, like we were talking about in our lab, last podcast with that yeah. frame control. Yeah. It's like when his frame, his reality is just so much stronger. It's like, it just sucks girls into it. And, um, you know, that applies to everyone. Like when you just accept the emotions that you're feeling, whatever they are, whether they're anxiety or, you know, tension or depression or happiness or whatever if you just accept them mm-hmm. you'll find that like it like magic like there'll just be a, a, a moment where it'll all click and then girls will just like literally seek you out like it's the trippiest thing yeah and and that that's a meditation uh concept that we're going to speak about when we speak about anxiety but there's a there's a really wise quote that says what you resist persists and what you mm-hmm. look at disappears so when John is saying you, you embody it fully, what he's saying is you put your attention on it. So let's say you're feeling shitty, which, which I often will when I go to the clubs because, again, I'm an introvert and it takes a whole hell of a lot of energy for me to you know, get that charismatic uh, guy that you know, going that I really am effective with with women. And, and what you do is you actually just look at the emotion and you just focus on it. And let's say it's kind of in your belly or in your chest and it's it's an actual feeling of kind of tension and darkness. Well, just watch it. And when I say watch it, I don't mean look at it with your eyes. I'm saying feel it completely and sit there with it and watch it. And what's interesting is it starts to dissipate. It starts to release because what you look at disappears. What you put your conscious attention on will start to dissipate and release. And that's actually the way I got rid of my anxiety. That's solely how I did it is I would sit down every day for about an hour and I would just watch it. I would just sit there with it and you gotta have to be friendly towards it like, hey, I know you're here. I'm not being violent towards you. Actually, you're welcome to be here. I'm just gonna kind of watch you. And and what happens is is your attention is like a light, a beam of light shining onto darkness. And when you shine light onto darkness, what does the darkness become? It too becomes light. And your attention is a high vibrating frequency. We're getting a little bit into you know airy fairy stuff here. But it's scientifically proven that your attention is high vibrating frequency, fears, bad mood, anger, that's a low vibrating frequency. So when you shine your attention on it, it too becomes higher vibrating frequency and then you can get out of it in that way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I like that quote. That's a great quote that uh, whatever you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And um, another good quote that, that comes to mind is awareness alone is curative. And um, yep. I actually got that from a self-development channel that I like uh, called actualized.org. Shout out to Leo. And, um, you know, it's just whenever you focus on something and you just become aware of it, it begins to resolve itself, right? So, like, if you take, uh, I don't know, like, you know, some guy who's, like, really fat or something, right? Like, how does how does somebody stay fat? Well, I'll tell you how. They proactively ignore all the warning signs and don't put their attention on them, right? Mm -hmm. So they ignore the fact that they're getting fatter and fatter. They ignore the fact that they have less and less energy. They ignore the fact that their health is deteriorating, right? But if they just actively put their consciousness on it, 
and just sat there and meditated and realized like, you know, huh, I'm getting pretty fucking fat and I feel horrible like that. If enough of that awareness and you can't not lose weight, like if you have enough of that awareness on a problem, you're going to fix it because you're aware of the problem and you're aware of how it's negatively affecting you and you're aware that it's fucking you up, you know. So literally just putting awareness on anything that you don't like um, is is curative. And and before we go on to number four, I'd like to just uh, uh, say something about acceptance. So what's funny is a lot of the time guys, myself included, try to uh, say like, okay, you know, I'll be confident once I hit the, the seven-figure mark. I'll be confident once I have this many women that I've slept with. I'll be confident once once I'm this or that. And um, like believe me, take it, take it from the horse's mouth. That shit doesn't work. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to get there and you're still not going to be fucking confident Mm -hmm. because the entire time what you're doing is you're training your brains, uh, your neurology to literally not be satisfied. You know, Um, I remember there's been so many days, but one day in particular comes to mind where uh, I I was 21 at the time, I think, and um, I had just finished launching Body of an Alpha and I made like, I think like a couple thousand dollars uh, or near there. Uh, in, in a single day, which was more than I'd ever made before in probably like a month. And I was like, holy shit, I made it. And um, I still couldn't kick the feeling that I was like anxious and like not okay with myself. And I remember sitting there at uh, an, uh, this bar in, in my town with my friends and they were just having fun and socializing. And I just couldn't help but like, like I need to check my phone, like something's not all right. Like I need to see, like have I made another sale yet? Like, and you'll just never be satisfied. Like even even nowadays with uh you know some of the beta launches that we've done for some of our recent products mark like you know i'll i'll get a bump for uh you know a, a week or so cuz i just made a bunch of money but then you just ultimately you go back to your baseline level of happiness and so what you have to do mm. is you literally just have to accept yourself everything even the things that you hate because mm. if you don't like it doesn't matter how high on the mountain you climb you're still going to hate yourself unless you accept it Right, right. That's that's exactly right. And um, one quick point before we do move on, John, is um, there are neuropathic pathways in your brain that get used to feeling a certain way. There's basically synapses. So if you're constantly kind of feeling shitty or you're constantly saying bad things about yourself, those are synapses that, that travel down pathways. And what happens is that pathway gets really cleared out. So in a way, it kind of feels good to feel shitty. And that's why you get a lot of people like on Facebook. I mean, every single person... <laughs> Who, who's listening to this right now can relate to this. You get all these people who are just like complaining and, and talking shit. It's because it feels good in a weird way because that's the way their brain is programmed. That's the way their their neurology is actually set up. Like think about the brain and all those different synapses going off and it's like a big tree and like vein, like nerves everywhere. Um, the way it's set up is to feel negative and to feel bad. But what's interesting is when you do start thinking positive thoughts and thinking confident thoughts, what happens is they actually start to shift and there, there's a physically a change that goes on in your brain when you start to change the way you think. Now, those old pathways are still cleared out. So you're still going to kind of get some of those things that come into your mind where it's like, I'm an idiot or I'm bad with girls. But once you start shifting it, what happens is those neuropathways actually kind of start bending and they go over to this new path. And then you start thinking that way and then that path gets cleared out so that you eventually get to the point where I dare say John and I are at where it's actually difficult to have a negative thought and it actually feels good. It feels like there's momentum to have these positive thoughts and it's simply because we've literally rewired our brains so that these pathways are easy to travel down. So we get a little kick 
every time we say something good, like I am a champion, which by the way, I say to myself all the time, it's, it's almost disgusting, but you know what? That's okay. It's okay. As long as, you know, I'm not trying to prove it to other people. You could talk to yourself however the fuck you want, dude. And if I have to tell myself I'm a champion 5,000 times a day, I'm a champion, I'm a money magnet, whatever I'm going for, fine, fine, so be it. As long as I don't have to prove it to everybody, which I don't feel like I do, dude, talk to yourself all day long and just embed those things that you want to be. Tell yourself you already are it because I'll tell you that changes first and then your outside reality changes next. Change the inside and the outside will come to reflect it. That's so true. I mean, um, the, honestly, like this, all of self-development can be summarized in that sentence that your external reality is created by your internal reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I think I just learn more and more as I progress in life. It's just like anytime there's a situation outside of you, it's almost always brought about from some sort of an internal uh, thing that's going on, right? So, like the Buddha said that all that we are is thought, you know, because every everything that we think eventually becomes reality. I'm laughing, John, because um, right as you were talking before you said that, I turned around yeah. and I have a poster on the wall that has Buddha and it says that exact quote. <laughs> it's a great quote, man. Yeah, it is. It's just it's funny to me because um, a little a little side note. I was talking to John the other day, and I was telling him about how I got my new tattoo. And I was definitely afraid of needles. And through working with an NLP coach and neuro-linguistic programming, I was able to overcome my fear of needles. And I got a nine-hour tattoo for my first tattoo. It's this big piece on my arm. And um, I was talking to John about how important it is to, to follow your fear, to go into your fear, that your fear should be a guiding light for the next move to make. And I've been following that principle for the last two years. Then John's like, hold on a second takes a shot of his tattoo, sends it to me. And what does it say? (laughs) Follow your fear. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like when you meet somebody that you just like, you connect to, it it just, it happens. And again, that's, that's internal, internal thoughts get reflected by external reality. John and I were, were, I dare say, I don't want to say meant to come together, but we attracted each other because we have, we're on the same wavelength. So we're putting out that same energy and it's like two magnets connecting and now we're homies and we've only just met. I think it's been like a year or something, but it just goes to show that when you have, you know, these thoughts inside of you and when you, you think certain things, not only are you going to um, affect your direct reality outside yourself, but you're also going to attract people into your life that are on that same wavelength. And if you want hot girls, if you want high quality girls, you got to start changing what's going on in your mind because you don't want to attract a piece of shit who's insecure and unconfident and a bitch. You want to attract a go-getter, a girl who's getting after it, a girl who's hot, but also has a great personality and can make you laugh. I mean, and that all starts within. So a little bit of a caveat, but I thought it was a great time to tell you guys about it because it was really interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, um, it's funny how when you do put yourself out there and just like, just really, uh, like really, it it sounds so weird because like in some ways I don't think the universe really gives a fuck about us because like, you know, millions of species have gone extinct before and there's like tsunamis and shit that, mm. you know, just wipe out humans. But like at the same time though, it does feel in a lot of ways like when you really do like put yourself out there uh, on that fine line of just like trying to walk down your purpose and like becoming hard set on accomplishing something, it is incredible how like 
how synchronicity kicks in and like all these serendipitous events like me meeting you and like like all these different things just start to like happen and fall into place you know yeah. so once you do like go down this path guys it really is crazy how much will how much of your external reality will transform to match your internal reality yeah and i mean uh not to get too too esoteric on it but i believe god is the observer i don't think he he consciously he or she whatever the fuck you want to call it consciously makes moves for or against us but he's the observer and we are in fact creating our reality through again our thoughts and our actions so synchronicity happens because of what you think not necessarily because some benevolent being is saying oh i'm gonna put you guys together it's just boom you get on the same wavelength as somebody you get on the same thought patterns as somebody and they start attracting into your life like yeah. craziness man it's all it's a big field you know we're all interconnected and attracting and you know it, it, again it gets into mythology and and all this esoteric bs but that's what i believe man and and <laughs> That's what I've seen in my life, so that's why I believe it. I mean, the evidence has proven true. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's um a great book. So the first video I actually ever did on this channel was on the eight circuits of consciousness, and uh, it's it's a long psychological book that's really fucking cool, and it's it's changed my life a lot. But um, one of the things that he talks about in that book, uh, Doctor Wilson, is uh, synchronicity and what causes it. And I found that like whenever I'm on the right path I'm supposed to be in life emotionally right mm -hmm. so like my heart just resonates with what I'm doing and I really I'm passionate about it and and I can just feel like deep within my bones that what I'm doing is is right and there's there's some something to this path that I'm on I always get this weird synch synchronous events mm -hmm. um and there's theories for that you know like like you were talking about the the synchronicity is like it's what you think and I mean one theory is that uh the right it's the right side of your brain that's communicating with the left side of your brain so like the left side of your brain lays out the model or the framework and it observes the things that are happening and the right side adds the meaning to it. Like there's there's this, these weird theories but um, just uh, I thought of that. And one thing that's kind of interesting is like whenever I'm on the right path in life, it's it's really weird. And I don't know if I'm just being paranoid or not but uh, every time I look at the clock, it's Oh like, my god, bro. Fuck off. You notice that? Yeah. When, when yeah. it's like it's like one eleven or like 2.22 <laughs> – 3.33 or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll be like 4.44 and it's like every day and I'm just like what the fuck is going on like am I going crazy and uh, I've noticed that in the times in my life when I'm genuinely on my path like I always fucking do that and I don't know why but yeah it's just it's an interesting thing that happens I'm laughing I'm actually gonna have my girlfriend listen to this because she's gonna crack up but I always see 11.11 yeah, and, same. And, and I, it's weird, bro. Like, I swear to God. I mean, okay, the you. Okay, so it could be said that what's that thing called where you're tracking confirmation for bias? Yeah, confirmation Wait, bias, and then there's the like NSP or something. It's called in your brain. I, I've heard of NSP, like the the or ESP, like the sixth sense type thing. No, you've said it before. It's not that, but basically you're looking for it. So out of the corner of your eye, you're observing a bunch of shit. So if eleven eleven comes over, subconsciously you're like. Oh, and you look at it and you say, oh, it's 11-11. So there can be things said about that where, you know, you have these spiritual people that are like, oh, when the clock says 11-11, it means you're on path and it, it means you're in yeah. synchronicity. But, you know, I kind of believe it's true to a certain extent because when I have really good meditation sessions, the whole day, bro, just like you, it's like 11-11, 2-22, 3 And I literally will look at the clock five times that day and each freaking time it'll be – numbers lining up like that yeah or and what are the odds of that like it's, i don't know it's crazy <laughs> i don't know because are we are we observing our entire environment 
and then we just notice what we're programmed to notice for. So if I'm expecting to see 1111, I'll see it. Just like yeah. if you're if you're about to buy a new car, suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere because you're 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 programmed in to look for that car. Oh, RAS, reticular activation system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so I don't know, I don't know, but but part of me kind of thinks kind of thinks that it is spiritual and it is, I don't know, spirit talking to you saying, hey, bro, you're on the right track. And I just noticed when I have really good meditation sessions, it'll be like, like, holy shit. Like I was driving my car the other day and it like six, 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 six miles. Right. And I was like, what the fuck are the chances of me seeing that? So I don't know. Kind of, for anyone that's interested in that, that wants to look more into it, there's check out the first video on this channel. It's uh. Circuit number six, I think, where he, they talk about uh, the holistic neurogenetic circuit, I think, where it's like it deals with uh, your brain's connection to your body and how DNA within your body communicates amongst itself. And and one strand of DNA is really like uh, a code not only for a human being, but it contains the entire code of life itself. And there's there's really crazy trippy shit that we could talk about right now. But uh, we're, we're approaching like an hour, aren't we? We should probably – 52 probably minutes, wrap this up. we should probably get on to the fourth one. So the fourth yeah. one is a non-judgment of others. And when, yes. you get, when you get into this game, it's so easy to see the ego and the insecurities of other people. And it's really easy to judge them and make fun of them to make yourself feel above them. But when you start to accept yourself, you start to accept others as well. And when you truly accept yourself, you can actually have compassion for others. And by the way, guys, compassion means putting yourself in someone else's shoes. You realize that everyone is suffering to some extent because there's desires and aversions and you actually feel for them. It's like you recognize the spirit in them that just like you want certain things and just like you is suffering to an extent because we're lost in those things that we think are going to bring us happiness. And one of those things is judging other people. For some weird reason, it feels good to be like, oh, like look at this guy. He's all arrogant because he's getting into game, but he hasn't evolved from forced confidence into true confidence. But when you really get confidence, you accept people fully for who they are because you know that they're on their journey. They are who they are and they're going to get there eventually. And again, you have compassion for that person because you know that person's suffering. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a paradox too because I, I find myself sometimes jumping between like this hyper judgmental like you know like when um i don't i think that there's certain states that you get into in your life just you know when you're depending on your goal right so like when i get into the state sometimes where i'm very goal oriented and i just always want to get shit done right and i i almost become like a fucking caricature because i'm just this like alexander the great-esque like napoleon bonaparte like like anyone who doesn't accomplish their goals is a fucking pussy like kind of kind of mentality just like when i'm when i'm in the zone and um you know but then i come out of that and i'm like you know more level headed yeah. and i i do see that that uh non judgment of others cuz it's like you just kind of reach this point where you love everyone for who they are because you realize that uh this doesn't excuse people's behavior so to speak but it's like people make the best decision that they can with the information that they have and the resources available to them at the time yep so it's like you can get mad and resist it and be like, oh, he shouldn't like that. That's 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 one keyword that uh, that uh, will if you look out for this in your vocabulary, you'll notice that people that are judgmental use it a lot. Mm-hmm. The words should and shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And in a lot of ways, they're they're accurate in some sense. But I think that they're they're uh, only a part of the truth. 
right? Because like when when I say, you know, you should work out. Okay, well, so there's no real moral obligation to work out, right? Because the word should implies a moral obligation. What I mean when I say you should work out is if you want to live a healthy, fulfilling lifestyle and get all of these amazing benefits like being able to fuck girls better, being more attractive, feeling happier, having more energy, not dying when you're 53 of, of diabetes, then in that case, if you want those results, the optimal way to attain them would be to work out, right? Mm. But but that's so long to say out that you know people just say you should do this or you should do that. Um, and it, it definitely does come across as judgmental. But it's, it's a little bit of a paradox because I mean in some sense you do have to discern you have to, you know, say, okay, you know, this this person's behavior is going to lead to this type of result, and I don't want that in my life, so I'm going to cut them out, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be discerning but non-judgmental. Yep, and you know, douches, haters, complainers, all these people—they're really doing the best they can, and they're 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 acting with what they think is going to bring them happiness. That's that's the crazy thing. Like even haters have a subconscious belief that their hatred will eventually cause the result they're looking for. And in turn, bring them happiness. But it's kind of like when you look, and this isn't condescending, this is just an example. But when you look at a child playing with a toy, you don't judge that child because he's an idiot to play with a Tonka truck. You just know that he's at his level of consciousness to enjoy playing with the Tonka truck. So when you see an idiot on the road, and again, I failed on this today because I flipped somebody off. But when I saw that hater cut me off, you know, if I was in. If I was where I should have been, again, I'm shitting all over myself, but it were, if I was where I should have been, I would have been like, hey, maybe he's late for something. Maybe he's pissed off. And a lot of times, um, if people are hating you, take it as a compliment because a lot of people hate on you because you're a champion and you're getting after it in life. Dude, I get so many haters at the bar. It's unbelievable. Guys just hating on me, wanting to fight me because I'm pulling girls. And it's, it's like, bro, like your hatred, I take it as a compliment. And you have your situation and I have compassion for you because obviously you're hurting a lot. You have a lot of pain in your life. And I don't say that judgmentally or to try to get at him. When I can say that and really feel it in my, inside myself that, hey, man, like if he says, fuck you, bitch, and I'm like, I really feel myself compassion for him, that's like some high level shit. Because I'm seeing in him that he's suffering and my soul recognizes his soul. He's just trying to get somewhere, man. He's trying to get laid. He's trying to get girls. This guy hasn't gotten laid in three months, dude. His fucking balls are so blue. They look like goddamn <laughs> ice cubes. So you to get your chorus, dude. Yeah, dude. Exactly. So it's like, hey, bro, like I feel for you, man. Do you want some help? Like, uh, you know, we can do training if you'd like. And it, once you can get to that point, I mean, I feel like that's really high. That's like Buddha level, like Jesus Christ level shit where where somebody attacks you and you actually yeah. feel compassion for them. So, yeah. yeah. That's the ultimate level, dude. And um, going back to that kind of esoteric idea of uh, different levels of consciousness and like high vibration frequencies and stuff, uh, I do definitely believe that like a lot of these prophets and messiahs that have, have changed the world – uh, were enlightened in the sense that they just had absolutely no judgment of others because yep. they understood, mm-hmm. you know. And um, there's definitely problems in terms of like integrating the practicality of that mindset into your life because it's like, you know, okay, so if someone, I mean, we're seeing this right now on a, on a national level with a lot of the politics that we're we're dealing with, you know, it's like, okay, so if something, you know, if someone's trying to to fuck our country over, it's like, do do we understand like? I would say that we should try to understand them and be compassionate, but still take recourse. I agree. But it's like people can't do that. They either become 
these like snowflakes that are over compassionate and just mm-hmm. don't want any discipline or borders or boundaries to like set up, uh, you know, and prevent people from doing things they shouldn't. Or they they just become like super judgmental and they're like fuck this guy he's an asshole he needs mm-hmm. to pay for it and it's like there's no there's no beautiful middle ground which is yep. like this this number four it's just like you know if someone attacks you don't you know don't let them attack you and just be a pussy and be like oh he's just doing what he thinks and and you know meanwhile he's <laughs> chopping your arm off right but don't but don't like you know someone throws a punch and you slit them in the fucking throat like you've, you've got to find a middle ground where it's like you just you know understand what they're doing don't be okay with it stand up for yourself but like still treat them with compassion yeah it's that it's that balance man and life is all about balance and i think i think you touched on it perfectly that um all attack is a cry for help all attack is a cry for help but don't be a little bitch snowflake and just take it like i i don't necessarily agree with turn the other cheek I agree with throwing some elbows. Like if a girl, yeah. if 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 somebody spit in my girlfriend's face, like they're getting fucking pummeled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's yeah. a balance there. But if they if they flip me off, what what harm is that? Like, oh, bro, you're suffering. I'm not gonna let you get into my reality. I'm not gonna let you drag me down because I'm happy and I'm you know I'm having a great day. So again, there's a balance in that. But I really like that. All attack is a cry for help. And what's interesting too. When at the bars and you see guys fighting, when people get really mad, it's almost like they're crying. You look at their face, like a really angry face, and fuck, it's it's almost like they're crying. And and really, the emotion of anger is sadness and fear. Fear is the base of all negative emotions. So again, it's that compassion, like bro, like how much pain do you have in your life? That you get pissed off because some guy checked out your girl. When a guy checks out my girlfriend, I take it as a compliment, man. I really do. <laughs> I ask my girlfriend all the time. So how many guys like like checked you out when we were out there? And she's like, oh, you know, la la la. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're so weird. Why do you take the? Why do you like that so much? I'm like, because it's a compliment. You're my yeah. girl. I don't get offended when a dude checks you out because I'm confident enough to know that no guy's gonna yank you from me. So I don't give yeah. a fuck if they check you out. Absolutely. So, yeah. I like I like what you said about um you don't believe in turning the other cheek too mm. because um I think that uh so what's what's interesting is if you look back at a lot of these like quotes that people attribute to Jesus because uh, that, that is one thing you said turn the other cheek but right. so for example one that uh one of the beatitudes that he he mentioned was the meek shall inherit the earth mm, and yep. on the surface that seems really stupid because you're like what like meek is like these like someone who's like cowardly and like sh- just like shy and they mumble and they won't stand up for themselves like why would those people inherit the earth and if you actually go back back and uh look at the etymology of the the words that were translated a better translation would be something like those who know how to use swords but keep them sheathed yes. will inherit the earth. That's right. And that has such a different fucking meaning because yes. it's like people that know how to stand up for themselves and who have that confidence but who don't flaunt it and who don't abuse it, those are the people that will inherit the earth because you know the whole point of learning how to fight and learning all these different skill sets is that you don't have to use them. And that's what will happen a lot of the time too. Like you know, Mark, you and I have been in, in a game for a long time and it's like – you know, we a lot of these like these one-liners and things we learned uh, originally to get us started worked really great. But now we've reached a certain point where it's like 
we don't even have to use them because like the girls can just sense that we have them mm. and it's like they can just sense that we've gotten success and it's like you don't even it's like when you have it you don't even have to use it you know yeah oh man that is that is so profound it's like the mma fighter he never gets in fights with people and he's the most imperturbable guy <laughs> ever like i have a couple friends that that fight you know professionally and it's like nothing you can say can get under their skin. They're the nicest guys ever because they know they can just destroy you within <laughs> one second. So I love that, man. The meek shall inherit the earth. It's keeping – it's having the, the, the sword but keeping it sheathed because you don't need it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. That's a great quote. God damn. This is good shit. All right. So yeah. the fifth one, the fifth is when you have true confidence, when you have true self-esteem, when you know who you are. You have compassion. You let go of ego. You're not judging other people. You know you're satisfied with yourself. You're happy. You become like a child again. And one of the greatest compliments anybody could ever give me is when they tell me I'm like a child. Mark, you're like a kid. And when you when you really get that lasting confidence, when you look at these enlightened masters, like look at a picture of a Zen master. He's almost like a child. And Lao Tzu, the guy who wrote the Tao Te Ching, the, uh, the book that, that Taoism and Zen Buddhism is based on, Lao Tzu is literally translated as the big boy. So it's like a man mm. who's like a boy. And Eckhart Tolle, which by the way, John, I think he's an enlightened being. I think he's one of the few enlightened beings that are on our earth right now. Uh, you guys should look him up, Eckhart Tolle. Um, he's like a kid, man. You ever see him speak? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like this little he's like bent over with his little vest on and he's like <laughs> he like always laughs at his jokes and he's like a little kid. <laughs> but deep in his eyes, you see that power, dude. It's this yeah. fierceness. So it's this balance between this fierceness and this extreme gentleness and this this extreme wisdom and this extreme childlike quality. I think when you've really mastered your life, when you've really gotten this confidence, that genuineness that childlike, uh, uh, like that childness that you were when you were a kid, that you had when you were just a little guy, comes out. And think about it: when you were a kid, were you afraid of talking to girls? Hell no! You'd see a girl and you'd be like, you'd tug on her skirt and be like, "Hey, you're pretty." You didn't give a shit what other people thought. You didn't give a shit about rules or anything. You were just who you are. You were purely genuine, and you just acted purely on internal instinct and acted purely in with genuine intent. Yeah. Yeah, that's why sometimes I'll use the term schoolyard game because mm. that's literally what it is. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like I remember back to when I was a kid, like I didn't have any fucking negative experiences of like girls flaking and like people being bitchy and like, you know, adults being mean to me and just there was none of that baggage. Mm -hmm. Like everything just came so naturally. I mean, I remember this one girl, Diana, who I, I don't even know why I named her because I don't I haven't talked to her since I was in preschool, but uh. We like we we uh, I think I said like I wanted to kiss tongues with her and we just started like kissing tongues. Yeah, it's my when boy. I was in preschool. And, yeah, <laughs> Pimmin is in preschool, <laughs> and uh, it's just like like looking back, it's like damn, that was just so natural. It's like I just didn't give a fuck, mm -hmm. you know. Not like now, it's like you know, you was like oh, I have to do this thing and like say this thing and da da da. It's like like when you get that certain point where you're just in the zone and you're just flowing, it's like. You get that schoolyard game where you're just so like innocent. You just like you don't expect anything. Like you don't you're not a stranger to negative things happening, but you don't like approach a girl expecting something bad to happen. You just approach her because you're like, hey, like, you know, I seem interested. Like the, the, the purest intentions, the purest uh, you know, 
the purest emotions, just like happy giving, like yeah. just wanting to share the good emotions. Yeah. And uh, that that schoolyard game, to put it that way, does fucking work. Like it's just it's who we are. Before you know, our parents are mean to us, and our our bullies at school bully us, and our fucking dumb shit happens, and we have financial stress, and it's like who you are underneath all of that. That's the attractive version of you that you need to learn to bring out. It's that childlike innocence, that childlike uh, just you know uh, wonder and sense of awe with life. What I love most about this game is it can give you things that almost nothing else can. Going after money becoming a professional athlete, those are all great. But when you learn how to deal with women, you get so much out of it. You get so much self-esteem and confidence and ability that translates into a bunch of different aspects of your life. It's beyond anything else, any other self-development course you can take, anything in my opinion. And that's why I stay with it. I don't, I don't go into other shit. I stay with teaching men how to attract women because I've seen the biggest evolutions in men's lives that I could ever hope for, like unbelievable stuff. Now, when you're a kid, you have that genuine confidence. I believe we're all born with true and whole self-esteem. But through life's experiences, like what John said, you get bullied at school, you get insulted, you get rejected by a girl, all these little things kind of like break up your self-esteem and then you have these insecure mannerisms to try to cover that all up. Now, the good news is, is that this game can give that back to you. But the difference is there's an extra layer added onto it. It's the knowledge of having gone through all that bullshit. So it's actually a deeper layer of wisdom. So look at the bullshit that you've gone through, if you have gone through it, as a gift. And you know it's 108 minutes in, you wouldn't be listening unless you really have gone through some stuff in your life and unless you really want to improve. But all that stuff is a gift. I consider my anxiety attacks, my agoraphobia, my panic attacks, all the shit I went through as the biggest gift that ever happened to me. I, I consider all the rejections, all the – dude, I didn't – unlike you, John, I didn't get laid until I was 21 the first time, 21 years old. And I was like, man, there's a problem here. I need to get that back and – or excuse me, I need to get good at this. And through all these experiences I've had through learning game, you know, I feel like I have that extra layer of depth of wisdom. And and now today I am kind of childlike. I am genuine. And I just I can go up to a girl and be like, hey, you were cute. I wanted to come meet you. Who are you? And that's reflected again in my body language and my vibe and everything about me because I've gone through all that. You know, you can't just be a kid and fucking be a kid that your entire life. Those people are called failures. You know what I'm saying? Those are the drug addicts and the people who who never learn their shit. So your struggle, your scar is the greatest thing that happened to you because it's going to add that yeah. layer of depth. But eventually, we want to get back to that genuine, that genuine kid again. But again, it's with that layer of depth and it's with that layer of strength and wisdom. So when you look at a girl, there's genuineness in there, but there's also do not fuck with me. There's also wisdom. There's also humor, charisma. All the things that women are attracted to are boom, just translated to her in just the way you fucking look at her. And when you get to that level of confidence, you can go up to a girl and I dare say like John and I can do and just be like, hey, and she's fucking right there with you. You can say nothing at all because you have that reflecting from you. So again, to put this into some pragmatic things that you guys can do, I cannot stress enough. First of all, Work on how you talk to yourself. Second of all, get out there and talk to people. Third of all, get rejected, man. Who gives a shit? It's going to build your confidence. And fourth of all, just believe 
that you can get there. Believe that you can become the fucking alpha, the man, the guy that walks down the street and gets looks from women. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what you think about yourself right now. This is all achievable for you. And that's why I absolutely love this industry because it can give that to you and it can give that to you right now. Absolutely. I mean, um, one of the girls that I was dating for a while, she said something that really, really hit me pretty deep. And um, so I'm a very analytical person. I always like to read and like think about things logically. And um, she said to me that you learn the most in your life from people. And that just really hit me because like it's so true. I mean like you – you know, like reading books and you know, uh, learning things logically, that's great. But I think I've learned the most in my life from women. Like from from learning game and from becoming more attractive as a man and and the thing is that women are a microcosm of the universe. So what that means is that women are basically a miniature version of the universe. Uh, you know everything that women are attracted to. Uh, you know when you when you learn to be confident and to be decisive and to lead and to go for what you want and because of that women are more attracted to you. Those same characteristics that women are attracted to are the characteristics that will bring you success in the universe, in the real world, in business, in health, and finance. Women are a microcosm of the universe. God, dude. You're throwing out some deep shit today, bro. Thank you, man. You are too. This dude, is a deep podcast. Dude, my legs went out, bro. I fell on the floor while you were talking. Had to get back <laughs> up. I always tell girls that I'm always like, I'm always like, dude, you're like when you first walked in here, I saw you and your beauty hit me so hard. My legs went out. Did you see me? I was crawling on the floor for a little bit and they always laugh. They're like, no, I didn't see that. But that's yeah. something funny you could say to girls. So, uh, dude, this was this was phenomenal, man. And again, it's, it's um, what is it, serendipity or what's it called where you and I met and this, this happened because of serendipity, a reason. Serendipity, synchronicity. Synchronicity, like that's that. what it was. So, um, yeah, man, we're just – we're jiving and I think we're on the same page with a lot of things. So I have really high hopes for this podcast, man. I'm really excited about it. I so, do too. We, so Mark got a, uh, a new image created, guys. Let us know what you think of it, by the way. I think it yeah. looks pretty cool. Yeah, there's some there's some like blood splatter because I thought it was a little bit too plain, just the black and the white. So um, I found some blood splatter and slapped that on there. And now we can also have the uh, the titles of each of each um, chapter on there. So hopefully that will increase clicks. And uh, I also did some things with my mic. So hopefully it's a little less echoey in here. We'll see how that turns out. But always trying to improve, always trying to get better. And like we said in the first podcast, you just got to fucking do it and then improve from there. So uh, we're here now and I think this is going to this is gonna continue. So John, I already plugged my stuff. I'm not going to bother. If you guys want to find my stuff, just click in the links below. John, do you want to quickly tell them about your stuff? Yeah. So I mean all my stuff is down in the links below in the description. Uh, so I have three products out right now. First one is Seven Strategies to Develop Your Masculinity. That's the first product that I launched and is the best-selling product that I have. Uh, it's all about developing your confidence, assertiveness, decisiveness, becoming an alpha male without having to put up this bullshit facade of being, you know, an asshole or change who you are. It's about you know becoming the most attractive version of yourself in the least amount of time. And I highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, because I've heard some incredible things. I've had some great testimonials from guys messaging me and emailing me from it. Uh, the second one is Body of an Alpha. That's my fitness program. Again, a lot of great results that I've heard from guys messaging me on Twitter and Facebook and emailing me. Uh, you know, I cover everything that you need to know about just becoming so fucking jacked that you look like a goddamn Greek god walking down the street and women just 
pull their panties down and ask you to fuck them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the third product is Bitcoin Millionaire, which is a uh, trading course that's super in depth. It's a multi-video module set of set of modules. I we have uh, ten modules out right now. Uh, I'm you know literally uh, telling people what to buy, when to buy it. You know, ex- I'm saying exactly what I'm doing. Uh, we just closed it off, I think, right, Mark? So um, that one is uh, closed off for now, but you can check it out down below. We have more information on it. You can bookmark the page if you want to be there for when it opens, uh, if we open it again in the future. And uh, yeah, just check out the links down below. And uh, this was an awesome fucking podcast. Mark, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, so I did I did Body of an Alpha myself, which again is John's course. And it's like driving down the street, my arm will be hanging out my window and my arm is so <laughs> jacked that just fucking panties will be flying at my car. And like one time it went around my face and I fucking almost crashed my car, bro. So Damn, that's dangerous, dude. Yeah, we should that's probably dangerous. stop selling this. When you walk down the street, it's just bras <laughs> and panties just flying at you. It's like a lingerie section. And um, it's insane, man. Seriously, yeah. though. When, when you get jacked, it <laughs> – it makes so much difference. I mean, you can you can totally change your game to qualification, which means you're having her chase mm-hmm. after you uh, right from the get go, and you know, add in a little humor. I have a book called The Conversation Sniper, uh, which is which which is an upsell for the approach formula. If you get the approach formula, you can see it, and it has these like 101 funny lines you can say to girls that just gets them cracking up. But it's like I hardly get to have to use that anymore, bro, because you got me so jacked. It's like they they just want to, you know, touch my chest, touch my chesticles, which if I ever did that to them, I'd be crucified. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a major double standard. And uh, that's like most of my Tinder game too, by the way, guys, is like just slap a picture of of my fucking, uh, you know, fitness photo shoot that I got that body from Body of an Alpha. Just put it on Tinder and girls just message me first and want to hang out. So highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, um, I this is my favorite podcast so far. I'm super excited about the next one. So, guys, tell us what you think. Please comment below. Um, if you could also subscribe, we would appreciate that, and maybe even slap a like on there. You know, I don't want to tempt the devil here, but we actually haven't gotten any dislikes so far. We've have, yeah, you, have you seen yeah. that, John? I have. Yeah, only likes. Man, what a compliment! That that yeah. really feels good to see. But you know what? If there is a dislike. Um, again, the tallest poppy always gets cut. If they're hating on you, it's probably because you're doing something right. And inevitably, we're going to get some haters coming on here. But hey, take it as a compliment because if you're getting attention, attention is better than getting ignored. At least you're yeah. doing something. So um, yeah, man, looking forward to the next podcast. And thank you again, guys, for listening. We really appreciate you. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to us anytime. We're here for you. We want to see you improve and get after it and become the confident best version of yourself. So thanks again for listening. We will see you on podcast number six. Peace.